0: Uh, Alright, hello and welcome to uh, episode 15 of what we're listening to. We're now in official uh, Danger Years of Teenagerdom. Uh, my name is Josh, I'm one of your hosts, and the intro Flubber and with me is the uh, good friend and bleep bloop aficionado, Asher. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm well. What does bleep aficionado mean? Bleep bloop aficionado. Like someone who likes bleep bloop music
1: or can bleep Oh, bloop- Yes. <laughs>
0: Got several several weeks now of bleep loops. Um I have a very brief quiz for you, sir. Go. This is this is more pop culture, I guess. The musical lady we'll see. Um so for the first time since 1971, uh the band Fleetwood Mac have a song on the top 10 billboards. I know why this is. <laughs> you know why this is? Damn it. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> the guy on the skateboard, right? With the cranberry juice. Yes. What is the name of the social media platform that he did that on? Is it TikTok? It is TikTok. Okay. That's a full point for you.
1: Hey, I'm too hip with the kids.
0: That is now a point and a half point to me.
1: <laughs> why don't I then test you on what I was going to say my quiz? Oh, sure. That was a good sentence. Um, so, <laughs> I was going to ask you. So, um, this past uh, this month, uh, it's the fifteenth anniversary of the Age of Odds. Um, uh kind of uh, kind of massive change, kind yeah, of yeah, the, elect- uh, the electronic, the one. electronic one. Yeah, even though he'd done a lot of stuff before, he did his kind of like states albums but it was the big drop of, like, real change in his music. Um, Do you know what inspired the Age of Odds? Mm. What was the main source of inspiration for the artwork and the music and all that sort of thing?
0: 2005? Yeah. I have no clue.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... um, So if you're based, well, I mean, the lyrical content might have been based around a whole myriad of things, but the artwork on the front cover was by a man called Prophet Royal Robinson. And so he was uh, a man in the States who was an artist, kind of a bit of a secluded man, self-proclaimed prophet, and did all these strange drawings using sometimes just, you know, markers and uh, like just not very complicated media, like not very complicated materials to do these big, sprawling, apocalyptic artworks about the end of the world and and these prophecies and all this sort of thing. Um, A a weird mixture of like actual biblical prophecies and his own and other things. And so I think that piece on the front is is called The Age of Odds. And, uh, yeah, I think that some of the songs are probably inspired by themes in... Prophet Royal Robinson's artwork, and then others Zeus. are just his own. So, yep. It's, a, it's an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> we can go more into that a little bit later. But yeah, you, um, you can say that again.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. So, anyway, uh, maybe that was a real unfair one. Um, I no, was that's just, fine. I was wondering if you knew, because you'd seen the cover, right, uh, of this album. Yes, yeah, I had seen the cover. Yeah, I didn't know if you knew the the artist behind it. You can actually see written around it. There's lots of words and I think it has his name on it as well. So
0: oh. anyway. Um do you have any catch-up, sir? Um just a couple of
1: things. It's been really interesting that um October has been the month for album anniversaries. Um yeah. uh, Tark by Sigaros has turned 10. Um mm-hmm. lift your skinny fists to the Heavens like Antennas or to the, like Antennas to Heaven, I can't remember. Um, by Godspeed Black Emperor turned 20 and Age of Odds mm. turned 15. So, I don't know, it seems to be the month that at least some of the albums which I enjoy got
0: released. <laughs> A lot um, of things came out in October.
1: Yeah. Is there any catch up for you?
0: Um, not really. I, um, other than. Maybe the Flaming Lips putting on a full concert in Bubbles the other day. I, I, I did, did manage see, to see
1: you, you um, sent me the link of this and it was quite amusing to see him uh, crowd surfing like a oh, hamster geez. in a ball.
0: Uh, it's just the world that we live in right now. But otherwise, <laughs> I have no catch up.
1: <laughs> no, I don't have much catch up either. So
0: mm-hmm. let's hold head <laughs> on uh, to those reviews. Reviews then. So uh, this time I've been listening to um, the second album by uh, a kind of, I don't know what you call them, like R&B, lo-fi, sad gem artist, uh, Joji. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I this album's kind of been on my radar for a little while. I liked his first album quite a bit in places, and he's kind of a bridge between like self-produced indie music and like very popular releases actually. Mm. Uh, he's, he's kind of broken that ceiling a little bit. Um, so this album is by and large still again, self-produced, but at the same time he was on the billboard at times square because Spotify, you know, paid to advertise this album It was going to be so big. Hmm. Um, uh so I think he's actually come a long way in like self producing there's a lot more richness of sound and like experimentation in some form and also uh use of his voice he's getting better it's he's just getting better at singing and like knowing what's comfortable in his range and like how to write songs that actually um play to that strength he was kind of a little shaky before hmm. um and it's not the most experimental album in the world but you know there's like some strings and change of melody mid song like that kind of like more complicated songwriting which is really good um and kind of rare in this kind of pop r&b world um is it usually a
1: little bit more kind of diatonic doesn't really change key or has any chords that are outside the key or that sort of thing
0: yeah i definitely say that and there wouldn't be any kind of um abrasive like motion switches mid song like happens in some of these songs on this album um uh that being said i think uh my opinion on this album uh is that it's way too large <laughs> yeah
1: um, i only got through half it's like, of
0: it <laughs> it's like 18 songs and some of them are kind of garbage right um a handful of them and i think it, like if you if you took them out, it would vastly improve the overall pacing and measure of this album. Hmm. Um, some, yeah, I don't, I don't think a lot of these songs actually need to be here. Um, it's kind of, uh, you know, the excess of like, Oh, it's an album. Let's put everything on it. I don't think that needs to happen necessarily. Um, Hmm. it feels more like a hit machine than it does like an actual full album together. um, but yeah I, I think when when it hits the right notes and a couple of the songs really do, it's quite beautiful. It's quite lush. um, and it kind of off the beaten path r and b uh pop album. and uh, some highlights for me probably are the opener track uh ooh yeah, yeah I or found it too. uh sanctuary or run and uh Mr. Hollywood once again featuring Mr. Kenny Beats, the very active Mr. Kenny Beats. Um
1: has been on everything.
0: Yeah. Though so I th- I think I I think I prefer by and large his first album to this one, but it's still pretty good. I think if you cut like maybe a third of the songs out of it, it would bump it to an 8, but right now it's kind of like a 6 for me. Okay. Yeah.
1: I I must confess I didn't listen to the exact tracks that you sent me. I just started at the beginning because oh, okay. I wasn't able to switch around a bit. But um I did like the first track. I found it quite like, like slightly amped up chill hop, um, mm. the beats and kind of the, the the different samples. And interestingly, you were telling me that this was all written on GarageBand, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's been self-producing stuff for a long time on like old Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Right. And that was actually a lot more in line with Chill Hop as he's gotten more popular it's gonna mm. kind of branch out into more R and B kind mm. of feeling, especially in this album. It, it was interesting because some of
1: the bass sounds are like this sounds familiar, and I'm pretty sure I've used some of the sub bass MIDI uh, <laughs> instruments that he's used on this because they're kind of, they sound a little bit like the stock ones that come with it. Uh, I mean, he probably mm. did a little bit to them, and obviously, that whoever mastered it kind of did a job of upping everything, but. There were some sounds that sounded a little bit familiar. Um, yeah. <laughs> I kind yeah, of, I, it was kind of good. I I actually like his vocal style and just the arrangements. And I wouldn't have picked him as like an indie artist, to be honest.
0: Yeah. He's kind of bridged over that, I think. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I've been, and this is one of those, this is another one of those albums that came out on the same Friday, like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, um, right? And it's kind of been in sitting, setting in the background for it. But I've been slowly enjoying it. I think it's been, you know, a good listen. Nice. Yeah, Joji.
1: That's good. Um, so I have also been listening to something uh, that well came out on that Friday, which was again talking about the Ascension by Sufjan Stevens. Um, mm-hmm. so last week I. Rambled on in our honourable mentions, <laughs> trying to. I almost cut it, and I was like, Ah, oh, it help. It's helpful to know what I've said, and so hopefully I don't double up too much, and I can just kind of finish off my thoughts. Because at the time I was not quite sure what I thought of the album, and wanted to give a bit more time to it. Yeah. Um. Interestingly, something that links Joji and Sufjan is I feel like there are some songs on The Ascension which I would cut. Um, and I realized, so let me get my notes up. I realized that at first I thought, oh, it's quite a long album. And that's why I'm finding it a bit hard to grasp and get my head around. However, Age of Odds, which came out 15 years ago and was his other big electronic work. Um, that was 75 minutes. And so I found that one easier to get through and understand, even when there's a 23-minute song on the album. Um, I found that one a bit more accessible. Um, Now, here's some of my thoughts. I I like elements of this, but I feel like it's quite overproduced compared to what Mm. I really loved about Sufjan's other electronic work. So... When he's done electronica in the past, he's often used uh, a mixture of electronic sounds um, and then live instruments and his voice. And his voice isn't too hidden. Something happened between Age of or actually um, Silver and Gold, which was his Christmas album. I think it came after Age of Arts. Between there and um, Carrying Lower, or something happened with the way that he records his voice. It became a lot more air, like, it's always been airy, but a lot more multi-tracked and a lot more kind of back in the mix and hidden. Yeah,
0: it's super weird. I listened to a couple tracks of this album that you recommended and mm. I went through once or twice. The vocal production on this album is so strange. I don't get it. Yeah. It's, like, super reverby, but also really quiet and close. Mm. And so it sounds like a really, like, blown-out stage whisper constantly. I don't really... <laughs> I don't get like why he's doing that. It doesn't need to happen.
1: I, something, I hope this doesn't sound too mean. I think that he's found singing a bit harder over the years. Um, huh. Seeing him live in 2011 at the Age of Odds concert, it was much more confident than when I saw him at the Carrie Lowell tour, tour in 2015. And I think that, he's just he's been a little bit like pitchy sometimes and i don't know it so i think that he's maybe hiding it behind a lot of other kind of layers and that sort of thing i don't okay. want to sound mean i'm just like oh i've just noticed this and it's a massive change in vocal production so i don't know yeah but um it's really hard there there are some i'm trying to start at the beginning <laughs> the beginning is quite a good opener. It's called um, uh, Make Me an Offer I Cannot Refuse. And I really enjoyed that kind of intro into this album. And then I really like the end of the album, which is America. Like it's a good um, it's a good track. It's the big epic that came out as a single a while ago. Um, in the middle, though, it kind of really dips, not only in tone, like it gets really dark, but also I, my attention dips quite a bit. There are songs like Death Star and I Want to Die Happy, which are just kind of real non-events for me. Mm. When it gets to the latter half of the out, al- like right at the end of the album, it starts to pick up again um, because it has a song called Goodbye to All That, which, which harkens back to a kind of sound that was on silver and gold where there's this track called Alphabet Street. And it's a bit obscure, but it kind of has that same drum sound and upbeat sort of feel and some of the almost um, gang vocal kind of or background things that that feel a bit like a different genre. But mm-hmm. so from Goodbye All That, which is track 12 to the end of track 15, are quite good. So you've got um, Sugar. It's not my favourite lyrically, but it's got a very nice sound and progression and that sort of thing and then the ascension is probably one of my favorite tracks um on the album it's just lyrically it's a it's it feels like it's saying a lot more than some of the other tracks on this um and musically it's very clear what the melody is and it's very clear where he's going whereas some of the other songs feel like they're just wafting around ideas a little bit mm. um so yeah I kind of miss, I miss Sufjan's piano work. I miss the production where I would hear these instruments and they would just feel so tangibly real. And I feel like I'm distant from this record when I'm listening to yeah. it. Like it's far away and it's all kind of sounds that are pretty, but I'm not really connecting with any of them um, because I can't quite kind of hear the humanity in them. And that might be that it's... You know, like a door album, um, like digital audio workstation. Like it's just kind of mainly produced on a computer with his vocals, and like I said last time, with um, a bit of guitar work and drums and that sort of thing. But I realized, I realized my favorite song from this era of Sufjan, just like this release, is actually on the single, um, and it's the song called My Rajneesh. And this actually has some flutes and recorders. It has um, other sounds that are not electronic that are brought in. (laughs) Well, I like electronic music, but I like it when there's also different timbres like floating around that um, can kind of add richness to it. Um, No, I get you. I
0: I think I had on my notes that I don't think any sound on this album isn't modulated in some form. from, from like everything, drums, piano, Mm. like voice, it's all modulated. Yeah. Everything is like been screwed with on the computer in some form. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I, I kind of came to a conclusion. Um, (laughs) it was good reflecting upon what is peak Sufyan for me? Like, what would I go back to? And it's actually yeah. his it's actually his second Christmas album, Silver and Gold. That for me is peak mm-hmm. Sufjan Because he has the songwriter abilities and and these great weaving of stories and beautiful melodies from his previous kind of folk music. But then he also has the age of odds but perfected um sound of electronica and all this sort of thing. So when you listen to Silver and Gold, there's songs like "The Child with the Star in Its Head," "Christmas Unicorn." Um, these tracks are incredible. Like they are the best combination of these two worlds um, <laughs> of hit when I've heard him. And uh, I don't want you to listen to them yet because I'm saving. I'm saving them. Um, <laughs> but there, that's that's peak Sufjan for me. And I kind of miss when I felt like his music was closer to me and more comprehendable because yeah, I feel like more and more he's become physically distant from the listener, um, in the soundscape of things. And so, although Carrie Lowell was a really beautiful album, um, it just, it also had that distance to it, but that's a much better album than the Ascension. So, yeah, I did a ton of listening around. I was like trying to listen to The Planetarium and go, do I like Planetarium more or less than The Ascension? <laughs> and <laughs> I feel I've just felt like since carrying Lowell, I've been less and less interested with the majority of the tracks on his releases. And, mm. yeah, it, I, I it's a bit sad. But, I mean, look, he doesn't have to write stuff that I like. That's the nature of artists; yeah. they do whatever they like, and if people go, go, go along for the ride, then that's good. Anyway, I've so never <laughs> written
0: things that I particularly like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell me what you thought about the tracks, as someone who doesn't have invest, <laughs> like invested interest in him.
0: Yes, um, I. It's interesting. So I've heard that this album is like the age of age of odds you say age of ads um but less annoying which i found kind of funny i i much prefer the age of odds it's i I feel like this is the kind of album you would get if you told somebody to write a sufjan electronic album but they weren't sufjan stevens like there's not a (laughs) ton of there's not a ton of creative melody or that kind of intimate um instrument work that you would get with the things that i have listened to by him and so it feels it feels really stripped back and basic in some ways um so i I listened to it maybe twice through in the last week and i can't (laughs) i can't say any of like there's no melodies that stuck out to me like nothing like grabbed me like 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 that was like nice to be with and listen to um Like, uh, like last episode, you talked about Sylvan Esso, which is like in a similar vein, you know, electronic making things. Um, But those songs had really strong, you know, hooks and like creative things that you want to listen to. And I think this album doesn't really have any of that for me. Hmm. I don't know. Um, No,
1: I agree. Yeah. I agree with you. (laughs) They're well crafted songs, but they're not necessarily very memorable.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like if The Sun was made in the 80s, it would have a gated snare. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, people say it's like the Age of Odds. I think it's much more like what happened after Carrie and Lowell was re- re- released. I mean... I can't speak this I, I morning. Can't I, don't that, I don't know what's going on. So <laughs> Age of Odds actually felt very raw. So um, it felt like we were getting a very unfiltered, you know, creative burst. Whereas I feel like what happened after Carrie Law was he became very kind of um, conservative what, with what he was releasing. Uh, and huh. after, interestingly, at the Carrie Law tour, he does some of the songs electronically and it sounds like this. So after that was released, he released like a few um he released some B-sides of Carrie Lowell and some remixes, and they started having this electronic sound, but it was very different than Age of Odds. It was much more controlled, much more pop sounding. And some of it's good, and some of it is just a bit meh, and it washes <laughs> over me a bit too much, whereas when I listen to the Age of Odds, it's like grating or um, it, and it's also much more melodic. It, it's really yeah. interesting. Um, so I don't feel like I match those two at all. I, I feel like we're in a different different Sufyan era right now. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have much more to say. I, I will okay. leave it there. I have i've been prepping in my mind like oh be very logical and start here and finish here and and my thoughts st- <laughs> i've had a couple of weeks where my thoughts have just been everywhere about music so i hope that makes right. some
0: kind of sense <laughs> just be prepared for like a, a bomb in the mail wrapped in a pair of skinny jeans from new york because we're saying <laughs> bad things about and stevens
1: i don't think i'm alone <laughs> yeah. But really? there will be the fans who love it. So, you know, his subreddit can Obviously. send me hate rail hate mail or something.
0: <laughs> just gonna let hate rail go. Um, all right. <laughs> Dude, uh, I don't uh, know uh, what's wrong with me this morning. I must be just <laughs> half asleep. Anyway,
1: shall we move on to homework?
0: <laughs> yeah, homework time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I gave Josh um an album that uh by a band called Dirty Three. Um, now they're an Australian band and it sounds like they could be a little bit rough around the edges. They are in fact Mm -hmm. an instrumental, um, rock band with, (laughs) I'm trying to figure jazz rock band. I don't know. There's a violin. That's a fair question, Mark. (laughs) There's a drummer, there's a violin player and there's an electric guitarist and they're an instrumental trio who have been around for quite a long time. And, um, This is uh, their album, uh, Sienna Songs. What is it called again?
0: Ocean Ocean Songs.
1: Songs. Sorry, one of the tracks is called Sienna, I think. So Ocean Songs. Um, And I don't actually know a ton about them per se. This was just an album that was given to me and I really loved it. And the reason I wanted to give it to Josh was that um, one of the members, the violin player, is actually one of uh, um, Nick Cave's wizards. Um mm. he's uh one of his band members, and I thought that connection might be nice so what did you think of ocean
0: songs yeah i um it's a very uh different album um i i I'd kind of classify it as like a album of like sea shanties but are like wordless and more depressing, <laughs> yeah. Um so it's a I find this a little complicated to talk about because it flows together really strongly. Like I, I find it very hard differentiating songs from one another on this record.
1: That's fine. You can um, just talk about it generally.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The the mood of the album is probably its strongest um strongest point. It's most evident thing about it. Um it's very evident it's very set what the mood of this album is we ha- so it's very actually it's quite different from the last Sufjan album we we're talking about where the production is really minimal everything about this album is minimal um like there's a drum a guitar and a violin and they're all played sparingly especially the drums um mm. it's it's really really sparse um and it's mostly violin led in terms of the melody um but everything takes its time. Um yeah, I yeah, I, be honest, it took me a couple of times to try and get through this because I had a hard time um kind of seeing where it was going or being brought along with it. I like it's not quite as enchanting to me because I think it takes too long to get somewhere. Hmm. Um like if like, because it's so minimalistic, there's not a ton of melodies or there's not a ton of, like, um there's, there's obviously nothing, like, pop melody related. Mm. So things are hard to stick into your head. And I found it, like, if if you took, like, some of the songs out of this album and rearranged them, I would have no idea <laughs> if I listened to it again. Like, it would just be completely the same. Um And probably the other problem I had with it was some of the songs are really long. Two of them are really long. 16 minutes and 10 minutes, Uh, yeah. Yeah, oh my goodness. And they take forever to get somewhere. They're a bit of
1: a, I would say a slow burn, but I don't think there's a burn at the end of it anyway. It's a slow. Uh, No,
0: it's... So I think, like, if you have this kind of, like, romanticized, like... Moody sea shanty You know I'm gonna be an old man At a lighthouse I'm gonna play These like violin songs and grow a beard I think this is like perfect for That um Maybe like a Cup of whiskey as well or something like that But I think to like Try and dissect it it's I found it quite Difficult um There are one or two songs I did enjoy and probably The last song on the album is my favorite mm-hmm. Um and it's the only one that's actually guitar-led as well, which I think was, or the only one that I can think of that's guitar-led, the Ends of the Earth one. Mm. Um, and it kind of just broke up the pacing and the melodic structure of the album, which is all these kind of like wandering violin parts. Um, uh, but it's, yeah, so I did some research on this album. It was quite big in Australia, apparently. Mm, yeah. um, this album was like quite a hit. And I find that very strange because this is such like like a, there's no words, there's no like choruses or like verses. It's just just instrumentals. Um, I find it in, like kind of crazy that would take off so well. Mm. Um, there is yeah. a live I don't
1: know. um recording of them on Australian TV show, and I can't. I'm I love the fact of how patient the audience is. So at at yeah. one point the violinist is just kind of lying on the floor while the drummer and guitarist (laughs) are like starting off this song really slowly and everything's super quiet. And like he'll just start, he he spends most of his time like on the ground, like playing his violin, gradually getting to these builds and they kind of read each other really well in these swells Mm -hmm. of sound. And it's, to me, I love it because the violin is so scratchy and so... There's lots of double stops and because he's trying to do these chords almost on his violin and mimic the electric guitar. Um, But it really, to me, it was kind of a bit of an enigma, Um, this really interesting um, band that kind of was popular and in the same way that like Bolero was a hit, you know, in its time, this instrumental (laughs) piece that was just very repetitive. I found it really interesting that, you know, this was quite popular and people really enjoyed these instrumental songs. Um, To me, I find it fascinating that there's no bass. They've really gone, what are we going to do with these three instruments? And sometimes the guitar is just just plain. There's no effects on it and it sounds a bit ugly, like these chords (laughs) and that sort of thing. But it's fascinating how it somehow works. I would... I, it yeah. feels kind of like post-rocky in the the scope of the album, um, but I mm. like you. Uh, I must confess, I just listen to this album. I have no idea what tracks I'm listening to. I just put <laughs> it on and just enjoy it. And I I'm not very specific with oh yeah, this track and this track. I recognize the melodies and yeah. the parts but I'm not kind of putting it on for this specific one. It's kind of like, oh, Ocean Songs is this vibe, like you say.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if somebody told me that they wrote and recorded this all on the same day and basically ad-libbed the whole thing for an hour and a half (laughs) in like a room together. Like that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah,
1: I agree. It sounds very improvised, like they're just kind of going along with the flow. And I imagine that's how they write too. So... Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was definitely uh it was very different from anything that I'd kind of been had on my plate in the last week and a bit. So hmm. um thank you for that. That's okay.
1: I I kind of I thought th- of you because of your enjoyment of Lancome and I wondered whether you would enjoy yeah. these um yeah, almost folk song sounding pieces, but done with a little twist. So
0: Yeah, it is folk adjacent. I think if I had maybe like couple more years to listen to this. I could tell like the, um, the details apart in some of the songs more. Mm. Um, but as it stands, you know, I only had a little bit of time to absorb it. So I probably missed a bunch. It's all good. I know. It's very interesting. Nice. Thanks for
1: listening. So what did you give me this week or this past?
0: Uh, All right. Um, so this week I gave Asher, um, the Untitled album by uh, Nova Scotian band, Winter Sleep. This is their second record. Um, they're an alt rock Canadian band. Um, they got a lot of airtime uh, for a song. theirs called weighty ghost, which is actually off the album after this one. Mm-hmm. i got a ton of playtime in Canada, um, but I think this album is still my favorite because it kind of bridges that gap between their earlier live stuff where they're like a kind of a jam rock band. Um, improvising stuff. And then in their later half of their career, they're writing more melodic alt rock. And this album kind of walks the line between that a little bit. Some of their songs are a little more um, spacey and kind of large. Hmm. Um, also, uh, the drumming on this album kicks butt and I love it. Um, anyway, Asher, what did you think of Winter Sleep?
1: Yeah, I, I liked, I liked hearing, um, this kind of raw sound, it felt a little bit, um, yeah, after the Ascension kind of coming down to something a little bit less produced (laughs) and I enjoyed that kind of change in tone. So I had heard about this band before. I think I might have listened to some of their later stuff. Someone had sent me, another Canadian had sent me some of their later things, but I don't remember really what it was like. So (laughs) this is kind of my first introduction to them. Um, So... Starting off the album, I really like the vibe from the very beginning. It's kind of, um, are there two guitarists? Like I like the multi-guitar parts or s- what am I hearing?
0: Yes, there's two, they're two yeah. guitarists, the singer and the other guitarist.
1: The, I like the kind of jams. It actually rem- reminded me a bit of Me Without You, kind of the indie rock sound was was quite familiar. Um, sure. I, I also liked the the acoustic songs and the use of acoustic guitar in the later part of the album. I thought that that was um, quite well done. Uh, And also the organ on a long fight was really beautiful. There was just some great timbre choices along the album. I enjoyed that. Um, Vocally, I feel like I love some songs and really don't others. Um, (laughs) Sometimes he sounds like Creed and I was just a little bit put <laughs> off by that. Um, do you know what I mean? The kind of over-singing, over-pronunciation of yeah, words?
0: Yeah. The, the heavy warble. Yeah, a bit of I'm, a bit too much heavy warble. Uh, I'm a little bit sad that your head went to Creed <laughs> as uh, your example, it, but I'll let it slide this it time. It did.
1: I'm sorry, man. <laughs> it, it just reminded me of that era, like... Early thousands kind of thing, <laughs> but this is actually nineteen ninety what something nineteen ninety four
0: nineteen ninety six. Ah, uh, no, it's not that old. It's uh, two thousand four. Oh,
1: okay, I was right. Sorry, um, I thought it was a bit older. Awesome. Um, so I like the songwriting. the The structures were not typical. Like sometimes it would be a big long instrumental intro and then singing and then a big instrumental outro. And I was kind of like yeah. oh cool this is not just verse chorus first chorus bridge chorus kind of thing i thought that that was unique and it was kind of refreshing um i liked the vocal vocals on faithful guide that kind of thing um they were an example of the things i like have you played me dance macabre before
0: uh yeah my brother and i probably have that's a old favorite of ours yeah the one with the guitar um,
1: riffs the like yeah it was I've heard that before. I think from you, you both, the short boys. I was like, this sounds very familiar.
0: We we are a big fan of this album, I must admit.
1: Yeah, um, I like the time on that one. The interesting time signature or well, the the groupings. It was it was Ugh. quite clever.
0: Uh, yeah. So I um, the drummer for Winter Sleep was a fellow named Lowell Campbell, and I think he's my favorite Canadian drummer. Mm. um he's somebody who when i started to learn how to play drums would try to imitate a lot and still kind of do mm. his fills i find are very creative because they often utilize the hi-hats and the snare more than anything else in his set so there's these really tight fills and dance macabra has some of those and just the drum beat in general is like bonkers mm.
1: um yeah. it pieces that one stood out to me um, I also really liked lipstick. Um, I liked the insomnia intro, and I liked wow. the opening of nerves. Nerves, normal breathing, normal. Um, there was just yeah. I I knew that you really loved the drummer, and so I listened out for a little bit. And I can hear what you mean. <laughs> like it doesn't feel like it. It's just a straight four four kind of rock drummer. There is yeah. there is creativity coming from all the different parts. To be honest, the only one I didn't really hear much was the bass. So I heard lots of really interesting <laughs> guitar parts. The drums are really cool. The vocals were fascinating. Sometimes I liked, sometimes I didn't, but didn't hear the bass at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's very fair. The bass player is not doing anything particularly um engaging on this album.
1: Yeah. Um But it was it was nice to hear just a really solid and but interesting indie rock group um that I hadn't heard of before from Canada. Just yeah. yeah, it was just good. It was kind of like an interesting yeah, just kind of delving in and understanding the indie rock scene in Canada. It was nice. So, um yeah, I liked it. I I liked the um guitar harmonics too. Um all the it felt yeah, it felt very of that era. Um just some of the things they did. It did I yeah. I think occasionally and this sounds funny, but like some of the things they played reminded me of Tool's album Lateralis, where <laughs> they use lots Ooh. of guitar harmonics and just some of the, the tone. maybe it was just that era. So
0: Yeah. Anyway. Is the song Jaws of Life where like the main guitar is just harmonics?
1: Yeah, yeah. There were some interesting things. I really appreciated just that it was not very typical. I liked yeah. I liked that. So yeah, I dig it. It's good.
0: I'm glad you enjoy it
1: yeah I so. should i check out
0: some of their other albums i um yeah their next one uh, welcome to the night sky is pretty good um I, I i still think this is the high point of their musical career but um the next album is pretty good okay i will maybe check that out a little later yeah
1: yeah there you go Sh- shall we head on to honorable mentions
0: honorable mentions uh so like i mentioned at the top of the show um fleetwood Mac are back on the charts so i decided to uh give rumors another listen because it is a fantastic album um that i haven't listened to in a little while i don't know it Uh, so uh, that that is a uh travesty and i would say a failure on your parents behalf because this is one of the (laughs) best albums of the 70s put it on Um, the list man (laughs) Oh man, I am well, it shocked on your hand. haven't heard rumors. Oh my goodness. Rumors is such a good record. I, anyway, um, so the song Dreams is the one in the TikTok video. Yeah. And I think it's probably one of the better songs written in that decade. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, like, his album is kind of comprised of a lot of tension between the band. And I think that drove them to like real creativity, which is why this album is so interesting. Hmm. Um, anyway, so I was listening to rumors. Uh, next, I don't know how I found this or why I started listening to this. Um, I listened, listened to an album by Beck Oh, um, right. called One Foot in the Grave. Um, so this is from 1994. It's one of his like second or third albums. Hmm. And I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but it is um, very uh, folk blues, uh, minimal production. So my like my impression of Beck from listening to some of his stuff is like really dancey, really like electronic experimental. Really, um,
1: that's not my impression of Beck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he does a lot, to be honest. Right. But this album is like so far out there. Like it's, um, you know, like a, like muddy waters level of like guitar playing. Like the guitar is out of tune. He's singing like old traditionals. Um, and then every so often there's like a fuzz pedal put on. It's kind of like an Eels album in some ways.
1: Um,
0: but I did not know this album existed and I just kind of came across it. I was like, this is really different from the things that I've listened to by Beck. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I found that fascinating.
1: I only know the album with uh sorry, I only know the album with him on the front with a hat, and it just sounds like a kind of folky, almost Wilco-esque album. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't really feel electronic at all, but I have seen some of his later stuff and it looks a bit like he delves into that.
0: I picked up some of stuff. Um and lastly, uh a Sydney singer-songwriter named Julia Jacqueline. talked Dang about her a tiny bit before. Um, I I love the stuff she puts out. And so she's kind of released on Bandcamp um, a couple singles, or I should say a couple of duos, a couple of pairings of songs. Mm. Um, and I, I've listened to them a ton in the last week and a bit. I think she kind of does something that nobody's really doing at the moment. I don't really know ha- how to name it. I kind of th- call it abattoir pop in my head. Like it's folk music. <laughs> that's like so good and well written that it makes you want to die a little bit. Um, <laughs> <It's> yeah. <dark. laughs> it is dark. So she is a brilliant singer songwriter. Um, she's got a couple of albums and they're both fantastic, but these singles are another like kind of step outwards to um bridging that folk and like higher production gap of like strings and more things happening and i Mm. think if she kind of keeps that going her next album is going to be really good but Mm. i've been listening to a couple of her singles recently yeah i'd be be interested to check that out yeah how about you sir what are your honorable mentions
1: um yeah like i like i said i had i was flitting all over the place with a whole bunch of things and some of them i didn't know don't even have thoughts to kind of form but a couple that came to mind um i'll i'll tell my uh my game soundtrack at the start of my honorable mentions um Uh. this is this is um the soundtrack to a game called hades um which is a super giant game and it's become quite popular lately i haven't played it but it, the music is done by a favourite musician uh, of mine, uh, Darren Korb, um, and he mm, did the okay. music to Bastion and yeah. Transistor, two of their other games. I think he also did Pyre, but I haven't listened to it. Um, I know
0: Bastion soundtrack is really good. I've listened it, to that one a bunch. really
1: good. So he's a guitarist um, and he uses a lot of alternate tunings. Um, and so Bastion is really cool. It's got these like you know, almost dad-gad-like um, tunings with these. He gets in guest vocalists and they're kind of, it's really a bit almost, Um, what's the word? Like a little yeah. bit, oh, brother, where art thou feel? Like kind of raw... Midwest sort of sound for Bastion. But
0: with like some like flamenco vibes as well in the background. Like. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, it's been a while since I listened to that soundtrack or played it, so I don't have it in my head. But I have been listening to Hades. So Hades, think like Middle Eastern metal. Um, so, he's, so he's gone down the route of like really interesting sort of balalaika sort of uh, instruments. Uh, like I said, I didn't give this tons of – time listening but then he'll bring in um these middle eastern melodies and then electric guitar and kind of metal feel because um it's obviously set in hell and there's seven levels or i don't know what it is but yeah it's it's kind of greek mythology and hades and this sort of thing but so it's, it's got metal, but it's also got these really interesting acoustic arrangements of the same metal songs and or at least mm-hmm. the same melodies recur throughout different songs. So um, it's really quite interesting, these detuned guitars and, and um, other stringed instruments which give it this really Middle Eastern sound. Really, really good instrumentation, um, great arrangements, and um, there's some really good tracks on there which I'll put on the playlist, so... Um you should check that out. Yeah. Um sure. Yeah. Uh just two more. Oh, kind of. Um I was <laughs> I was sent <laughs> I'm just trying I'm on the Yes, do, go on. I'd like try I've got so many things in my honorable mentions and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll talk about that. Maybe I won't. <laughs> um I was sent um by John offer of Half Handed Cloud an album called um Oh, sorry. What's it called? It's by a band called The Moles. Um, did I forgot you to listen to that. <sighs> That's okay. I
0: was, I was planning on listening to it. I forgot. It was on my list. And...
1: That's okay. It, it, it's, um, it may not be your sort of thing, but no. it's quite interesting. It's called Instinct. Um, and I can only kind of just... Dis- the thing is, I found it really interesting that Australia made this kind of music. It's kind of like raw, mm-hmm. jazzy rock with really odd kind of song structures. Um, It's a little bit experimental. It's very short. It's like a 23-minute album um, from 1994. And the interesting thing was that John was telling me it was recorded onto 35-millimeter tape, which was apparently, (laughs) like, really, like, you know, the thing to do at the time or, or, like, you know, if you're really pro, you did this. Obviously, it's now gone by the wayside. Um, but he sent me a little documentary about what how this works and how you record onto it. So 35 mil is the size of like camera film, but obviously yeah. instead used for audio. So I don't know what's going on there, but it's a really interesting kind of raw, like rocky guitar sounds, but kind of done in an experimental way with some brass as well. It's it's quite a fascinating release. I'll I'll put a track oh. on there. On the playlist. But um oh, uh Also, um, big news, Sun Lux has released a new single. Um, Oh, baby. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I I need to check the details, but I'm pretty sure this is off um, Tomorrow's 2, the new album coming out in December. Um, Okay. And it's very good. You would love this. Lots and lots of Ian Chang polyrhythms. So, (laughs) um, yeah, check it out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And lastly, um, I may have got hooked on the Gregory Brothers again. <laughs> um, so if you don't know who the Gregory Brothers are, they are Shmo Yoho, the people behind um, the Bed Intruder song from 2011, and <laughs> then lots of other viral hits throughout the years. They basically songify um, the news or pop culture icons or anything like that. And make very kind of internet sensation-like videos. I personally love um, one of the Songify the News ones, which um, aptly has Joe Biden in it years ago. Do you remember this one about, uh, I think it's drones and um, (laughs) uh, shotguns and stuff?
0: yeah. If you're going to deep if you go a deep cuts and you have to it's been a while it. Yeah, it's been videos. a while.
1: I'll see if they've released it on Spotify. I'll put it on the playlist, but if not, I'll put a link in the show notes. They just songified bits of the news from that week, but it's yeah. like from six years ago. And um it's probably one of my favorite of their renditions of mixing up the news. So
0: I mean, so we we've been chatting a little bit because they um, they're quite extraordinary in their ability to make things quickly. Oh yeah. Um so they've they often, when it comes to uh election time, they uh will often make songs out of all of the candidate debates. Hmm. Um both in the run-up with the um the primaries, but also like uh, the town hall and vice presidential and presidential debates, they often Will make songs out of them, but they'll do it in like a day. Yeah. Um, which is crazy impressive. So they had one of uh, the Trump Biden debate um, from a couple of weeks ago. And they had, you know, Weird Al Yankovic and the song written the day before. And then while one of them uh, watched the news, two of them were making like song rhymes out of clips that they're basically selecting while they're watching it live and managed to produce this thing, which is, you know, very good quality, in a couple hours and put it out. Um, it's incredible. It's, yeah. it's Yeah. The turnaround of that is really impressive.
1: And they just released the uncancelled town hall debate one, <laughs> yeah. where they put them back in the same room and combine the two debates into one um Well, oh, they, they
0: just like grab clips from like past years as well
1: <laughs> yeah yeah They were. but um i love that they brought in the refrain of who's going to work it out um is that their original song or is that actually a refrain from a another famous song
0: so um <laughs> i may have watched these uh it's the same they have the same song for all of the town hall debates which is the mm. quote-unquote the so they had they have one in uh 2016 with Hillary and Trump, and they have one with uh, Romney and Obama. Um, oh, okay. In whenever that uh, was 20, 2012. Um, so they've been using that same song for all of the town hall debates for the last eight years. Hmm. Um, they just I kind quite of redo like it, it, it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's It's good. And they just kind of plug it and play it. And it's been long enough that you kind of forget about it, but it's still like a little bit in the back of your head.
1: Yeah, it's a very catchy, catchy tune. So, yes, yeah. I've been listening to a bit of the Gregory Brothers lately and enjoying that.
0: <laughs> also, friends of Sufjan Steven. Yes, do them,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, they, um, I mean, I will probably give you at a later date, um, a, a record they were on, com in combo with Sufjan and all that sort of thing. There's, there's many connections there, but um, yeah.
0: New York's a very small place, apparently.
1: Sufjan's no longer living in New York. Actually, Um, I read. That's
0: why his new record sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. uh, You're uh, going to get hate
1: mail from uh, Manhattan (laughs) Island now, aren't you?
0: (laughs) Apologies to any Sufjan fans.
1: All right, thanks so much for listening to uh, this slightly rambling uh, edition of what we're listening to. Episode fifteen, at least on my part, Josh, not you. hope you've enjoyed and please uh, send us uh, some tweets or messages with what you enjoyed or what you disagreed or agree with us. Please no hate mail, um, but you can <laughs> send us some hate texts and comments if you like, and we can have a little chat. Um, I, yeah, please check us out on all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, website, all that kind of thing. Give us a rating on um, Apple podcasts and share us around with your friends. And, We look forward to um, chatting next time about what we've been listening to. I'll see you later, Josh. See you, buddy. Bye.